recenter back to my vision, my objectives, and how am I aware? I'm constantly sort of scanning to see how I'm showing up in the world. How are my kids feeling about me? How are, how's my wife feeling about me? It's just about paying the hell attention. How's it going, everyone? Tom here from Dad Strong with another episode of the Dad Strong podcast. I hope you guys have had an excellent start to the week, and I really want to express my gratitude and appreciation for you guys listening to the show. The show is really growing amazingly over the last while, and that's because of you guys listening to it, and I'm really excited to see it getting out to more and more dads. I'm also stoked to receive more and more messages from men letting me know how this show and the Friday show that we do with Leroy and Anthony, as well as the Monday Meditations, is impacting their lives and the value that it adds. Sometimes when you get super busy and life gets hectic, as it does for a fifth grade teacher with four kids, uh, amongst other things, it sometimes becomes a little bit overwhelming. And when I receive messages and the encouragement from you guys, it really does make a massive difference. And that's how we work together and build this community, which I'm really stoked to be seeing is growing nicely. So do us a favor, share this with as many dads as you can and leave us a rating and a review. Just takes a moment of your time. We'd really appreciate that. But onto our show today, guys, really stoked to have previous guest Joshua Laycock back on the show. And in fact, someone who helped me uh, get into this whole thing and cut my teeth as an interviewer. He was the first guest on the show and hopefully things have improved since then. Joshua lives in Canada with his wife and two kids and he also runs Lifestyle Evolution. So if you're looking for a life coach, go check out lifestyleevolution.academy where you can connect with Joshua. But on to what we talk about today, Joshua and I have a wide-ranging conversation really focused on fathering. Uh, we talk about um, wanting priorities and actually making priorities and how uh, it can be easy to give lip service to priorities but actually making things and giving them the importance they should in their life uh, is harder said than done. And we also talk about not letting life run us and being intentional in running life. We also talk about facing reality and admitting to our weaknesses in the areas where we can improve. Joshua and I also delve into how a day being good or bad depends largely or almost completely on us and our, ex our perspective of events. We then move on to talking about living with pure optimism and pure excitement, which uh, is pretty elusive for me sometimes. But Joshua seems to have found some of the key uh, behaviors and attitudes and thoughts that we can put into actually achieving that. And then we also talk about doing programs like 75 Hard and how the consistency in life is important, even in the monotony and how that makes a massive difference. And then Joshua leads us into a very important uh, concept. Instead of life, work, and love balance, we talk about integrating all the things into life to living the best life we can. So guys, hope you guys enjoy this conversation and get as much as I did out of it. Cool. So Anyways, welcoming an old friend back to the podcast, someone that helped me cut my teeth right at the beginning. Uh, I really enjoyed those shows at the beginning, still get a lot of listens, so stoked to, to have you back. My dear friend, Joshua Laycock, welcome, man. Tom, I appreciate it, man. It has been way too long. I can't <laughs> believe how long it's been. Um, I was actually going back through some of the old episodes because I was sharing one with someone, and I was like, man, that was a long time ago. It doesn't feel like it, but it was a long time ago. Mm, I think it's going to be interesting for me to listen back to this one and then go back. I think I'm afraid sometimes to go back to the beginning shows and not to and to listen to them, but I think I'll go and give them a listen after this one. But yeah, what's been going on with you? Because not just have we not connected on um, the podcast, you and I have not connected as much in private life as well due to time differences. And then obviously you've been super busy and I think with COVID and everything, that was another level. And then I also obviously have a busy life with all my kids and stuff. So what's been happening in the life of Joshua Lakeup, which is never a dull moment, I'm pretty sure. 
nah, 2020 has been chill, man. It's been great. It's been nothing going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, anyway, you know, so I, I, I still have my day job, which I really like. Um, but at the end of last year, my company was acquired and we were a pretty small privately held shop. Uh, and we got bought by a, a big publicly traded entity and it's been great, but my day has changed significantly. So, you know, so that my nine to five is just pure chaos now, which is, is, you know, I'll be honest, there's days where I'm a little stressed by it, but you know what, going through COVID and going through all of this, we pivoted seamlessly to working from home. I haven't missed a beat. Um, in my industry, it's actually busier because of the pandemic and because of all the challenges that people are, are facing. So while certainly you know, it's not a, it's not an enjoyable process, <clears throat> I'm talking about the pandemic and everything, I've been incredibly grateful to, <laughs> to have a job and an employer who, you know, who has pivoted really well. We've got a huge workforce and they pivoted like really quickly. So that was all good. So, so the you know, nine to five day job thing has been good. Um, building out my coaching practice very slowly, just picking up a few clients here and there. That's been a lot of fun, but yeah, you know, COVID has brought with it a lot of, and look, I, I don't want to keep prefacing it. You know that, that COVID at a macro level is a horrible thing. And I, you know, that's, it is, but for us, it's been, you know, the kids been home since early March. Um, both my wife and I have been able to work from home. We've had a lot more time with the kids. It's been tough, probably tougher on her than me just because my job is, I'm on the phone 95. Um, but, you know, it's been, it's been interesting because we've pivoted, you know, neither of us can go to JITS, neither of us can get out to the gym. Uh, so I say neither of us, my son and I would do JITS. And yeah, anyway, we, we just, we're just living, but we're living very intentionally. I, I, I remember early on in COVID March-ish thinking to myself, I can either look back on this, you know, and just say I've hunkered down <laughs> and waited it out. But I think in early days, we thought like, is this going to be a whole month of this, <laughs> you know? And um, it's it's wild that uh, now we're what into what month eight or something now. And so we just decided like, look, we're not going to, we can't live life as we normally did, but we still have to live very intentionally. So we've just been ramping up. I've been having fun. I've lost a ton of weight. I'm in the best shape I've ever been because of, of the decisions we've made during COVID. Um, reconnected with the family we've just been spending a lot of really cool time so it's been about two weeks since the kids have been back to school uh and it's felt very surreal actually having the house empty so it's 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 really i just said to my wife at the very beginning of this the worst thing i think that can come out of this on the other side for us as a family um obviously barring illness and stuff is that we we lose sight of what's really important you know, that we, it really helped us reconnect with what was important to us, what we wanted in life, what we're meant to do on this planet. And we're working actively towards executing on that plan. But let's just not get on the other side of this and then get comfortable again and get back in that old routine that, quite frankly, we didn't really love. So it's, it's been, there hasn't been anything specifically going on. It's just a matter of we've been busy living, <laughs> is what I would say. Yeah. Well, I want to riff a little bit on what you said there, because I think it's quite interesting. A lot of people have said, oh, COVID helped us realize what's important in life, what's significant in life. It's kind of brought us back to what we value our priorities. And I think that that's something that I'm realizing is, uh, is kind of an ebb and flow sometimes in my life where it's kind of like I'm super focused and super intentional. And then I kind of go zoom out and suddenly work becomes big and other worries come onto my, our minds. But I think, I don't know if you find as a dad that 
it's difficult to keep it there, right? It's difficult to actually maintain that. And, and it's kind of sad or kind of like symptomatic of the world at the moment, right? It's just that we, we tend to move away from what's really important. And just today, just this morning, I woke up a little bit early. I went for a walk, took my journal, took my, took the book Iron John actually, which I'm reading, which um, is very interesting. I would suggest most guys go just give a read to that um, very interesting book. But just that I was like, the reason why I have so many stresses or why things get us down sometimes is I think because we move away from those important and essential things in our lives and don't realize that life, and I don't know if you agree, you can, I'd love you to comment on this. I just find that it's, I'm at my happiest when I come back to my roots, so to speak, or to those things that are anchoring me to the earth, which is my, my wife, my kids, um, getting into nature. And I seem to fall out of equilibrium when I start going after things that are external and putting my focus on things that should not actually be priorities. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know why we always sync up when we talk, but just yesterday I was thinking about this ironically in that, um, if you recall a long time ago, I feel like it was, oh God, I don't even know how long it was, probably over a year ago because it was coming into the winter. I did a hundred videos in a hundred day challenge. That long ago. And um, I feel like, it, wow. I mean. I know you're wearing jackets was, and stuff. I remember you being cold in some of the videos and you saying the snow has just fallen. So you might be right. Yeah, wow. so it might have been last winter. <laughs> but, um, but I remember day one of my video was about priorities. I saw that the other day, dude. It just, showed up on my, it just showed up on my YouTube feed. I don't know why. You, man. The, universe is, the universe is sending it back. <laughs> but the first right. video they did was about priorities, talking about the difference between wanting something to be a priority and making it a priority. Mm. And, and then you kind of fast forward. I just finished 75 hard uh, last week. And I did a video on it. And it was actually it was pretty easy for me. Not, not that there weren't challenges throughout, but it was easy for me. I did a video called day 76, which is, it was because I'd made this decision that this is what we were going to do. And it was, it was legitimately non-negotiable. It wasn't like a boy, I wish this is going to happen. It, it was, this is a decision I'm making and this is what's going to happen. And you're totally right. When we let life run us is when we sort of, get out of balance. I I describe it as like, we're like a toddler, right? Running full speed, but your feet are like half a foot behind you. And it might feel great while you're flying, but all it takes is that, you know, sometimes just a shadow and you trip and you're flat on your face. And um, so I always try to reconnect with what's important. And and what's fun for us is like, we had a plan pre COVID, like we'd been planning this sort of exit from our, our, uh, our big city life, we've been planning this for a while um, and moving towards it, it's gonna take some planning. But now COVID really just ramped that up and reminded us right in our face about why we wanted to do this in the first place. It's tricky because unfortunately it's making a lot of other people think about it. So the area that we were looking at moving is getting a little pricey because a lot of people are fleeing the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just moved a little faster than we did, but that's okay. But yeah, the the, the this thing of priorities is huge and and, it's really about are you running your life or is life running you? Um, and we get into that. Um, we, we definitely get into that. So, yeah, priorities, man. Um, I think that's something that people need to really reflect on is that this difference between wanting something to be a priority and actually making it a priority. And that's a huge distinction. But how do you do that? How have you got better at that since we talked the first time? Because we we have talked about this before, because I think it's been a priority to discuss priorities. And you and I are both being dads and being 
in the self-development kind of world and, and wanting to improve ourselves and, and move ahead and, and take on challenges like Dad Strong or what you've got going, and we'll chat about that later. How do you do that? How do you make these things priorities? Because everyone gives lip service, right? I mean, you won't meet a dad that won't say, my kids are the most important thing. And then you're like, well, you write down what you're doing. You write down your day for me, uh, a schedule of what you do every day, and I'll show you what's your priority. So how do you, how do, you do that, man? I mean, I wish that I had something cool and new to say, but I'm going to go back to like trust the process that we talked about all those those months and almost a year ago is I go back to my vision and I really connect in with that vision. And I know that's not a sexy thing to say anymore because everyone talks about it, yeah. but it's true. And then the other thing is the muscle that I've been really working the hardest um, to develop is my awareness, is really being hyper aware of where I'm at in the world. And again, that can sound like this weird sort of esoteric concept that, you know, what does that actually mean? But you have to be able to think about how, how are the things that I'm doing? How does that make me feel? How am I showing up in the world? How are the people around me? Like, you know, I'll give you a really good example is, is there was a while where I could tell my son was like, not wanting to hang out with me too much. He was kind of keeping a distance a bit and um, I don't remember what happened but I I I asked him you know why didn't you tell me this or why didn't you say that and he was like well I was afraid you were going to get angry and I said well do I get angry a lot he's like yeah <laughs> I said okay you know and that led to a really interesting parenting discussion but I sat back and went, man I'm turning into angry dad what the hell is that about and when you start to look and you start to be really aware of what you're doing and where that energy is coming from, it had nothing to do with him. Um, there was other parts of my life that I was just not owning that my, my life was running me and it was creating this level of stress and anxiety. And I wasn't doing the things that I've said. I hadn't connected with my vision. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't working out with the degree of intensity that I wanted to. I was dealing with that nagging back injury that keeps coming back. Those are all things that are not in alignment with my priorities uh, as they are. So then you just kind of have to refocus. It's life is, I think, kind of like one giant meditation. And, you know, I say that as if, if you've ever meditated, right? It's like, I used to think that the point of meditation was to silence your mind. Um, that's like the point of life is to have calm and peace all the time. It's not really, it's sort of like this idyllic state that we can, th we can strive towards, but that's not really what we're going for. A good meditation, when you veer, brings you back to the middle, right? When, if you, if you follow any of the guided meditations, I joke about this with the people that I work with is because so many guys are like, I tried meditation and I suck at it, so I didn't do it. Hmm. I say, well, can I get that? Yeah, and, and they all tell me they wanted to silence their mind. I say, so when you have these guided apps, whether it's Calm, which is what I use, or Headspace, or whatever they are, does your app, when your mind wanders, they say, good, you're an idiot, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Your mind has wandered, you suck, you should just turn the app off. Of course not, right? They go, forgive yourself. Be kind to yourself and just bring it back. And just bring up that awareness. And so the goal of meditation for me is the awareness of when my mind is wandering is the awareness of when I've latched on to thoughts and emotions that are not serving me. And I've sort of tried to take that to life is I'm going to live life as best I can. And when I start to veer, be hyper aware of it, recenter back to 
my vision, my objectives, and how am I aware? I'm constantly sort of scanning to see how I'm showing up in the world. How are my kids feeling about me? How are, how's my wife feeling about me? How are my employer and the people I work with? How am I feeling about myself? Um, it's just about paying the hell attention. <laughs> and, you know, and that's really what it is, is. I think so many people, so many guys, just don't pay attention. They're just zombieing through life. And no surprise, all of a sudden they kind of slam into a wall or they fall off a cliff or something. It's like walking around with, with your eyes closed. So it's not, there's no sexy trick. It's just pay the hell attention, guys. <laughs> and, and then you layer on all the stuff we talked about. Layer on ownership. Like if you and your wife are at each other's throats all the time, it's so easy to put it on your wife. Or if you're ragging on your kids, it's so easy to say, well, it's my kids are doing this and my kids are doing that. You're the common denominator in every single interaction you have in this world. So if you're not aware of how you're bringing yourself and how you're presenting yourself to this world, you're just not awake yet. <laughs> that's really what it is. And that's a scary process, right? Waking up is scary. I think that is the problem. I think sometimes we are afraid to wake up because it's, it's comfortable to even be in the in, in, in these things that aren't helpful, you know, it's something, it's familiar. I wouldn't say comfortable, but it's kind of a familiar state. So people just stay in these states and don't realize that they can get out of them. And I remember a couple of days ago, I was picking up my kids and they live in this area in the city. And I just saw this woman and people walking down the roads in the morning and just thinking, these people are kind of stuck in their ways. You're going to see, I don't know if you can ever recognize them. You can just recognize people that are their type of person. They're never going to give two thoughts to where they're going, what they're doing. They're going to stay in the same street. They're going to have the same TV shows they watch at night. They're going to eat the same bad food. They're going to drink. They're going to smoke. They're just not going to change. And for me, it's so interesting because I'm like you, right? So we're always analyzing and always being aware and, 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 and working on ourselves. And it's just an interesting thing for me that you you become aware and it does make you uncomfortable. So you've got to go through that. You know, you've got to go through that fact of being okay with being not okay. Right. To going like, well, I I'm not, I'm not actually winning here. I'm actually losing in this area. And, and you know, that what I did was not right. And, and then, and then realizing that it's not going to change immediately. And I think that's the hard thing. I think that we live in a, I don't think, I know we live in a situation or a society where immediate gratification is, is what it's all about. You know, social media does it to us. Amazon does it to us. We basically are in this thing where I can assuage my, my pain and my angst immediately through something temporarily through a text. Oh, look what I've got. And sitting with the pain, bro, sitting with the mistakes, sitting with that. It's my fault, sitting with it, that I'm responsible. And it really hit home the other day when I had a bad day, right? So I analyzed my bad day. I did a bit of an act, after action review of my day and just looked through it. I went, dude, that wasn't a bad day. That just was you not showing up in the day. That would, Another day you would have woken up in a different way, got that run in the forest, done that workout, got the journal, done the meditation, faced the world with love and, and adventure and excitement and amor fati and whatever and killed it and felt great about the exact same things happening to you. I was the problem. I was emotionally not available for myself in that day and I came home feeling drained tired and thinking that the day was bad and I think that that's that's another awareness we have to have is like you and I have talked about stoicism right before is that we're realizing it's nothing that happens outside of us and that's my challenge is really to be and I'm so far from it Joshua it's like no matter how much work I've done I'm still so far from being like okay it's all happening outside of me and it doesn't matter what happens at the end of the day the inner citadel is what matters that I can pull inside myself with a deep nasal breath and go inside and go, 
okay, this is all happening outside. I'm, I'm the magic, you know, you're the magic and we are, we, we make it happen or we don't show up. I mean, you've probably been in the same situation with your son where you've totally lost it and been in the exact same situation with him and been, Hey, Caleb, listen here, like the, what made you do that? And, and so that should show us immediately. It's not about the thing. It's about us. I don't know if you find that as well. <laughs> it's, it's always, I mean, it's, it's so funny. Cause I mean, it's, it's never about you, but it's always about you. <laughs> I know it is you not know? about you, but it is. <laughs> because that's what I get it. Like, you know, if I've had a really crappy day, you know, and again, however we want to define crappy day, and then I come oh, down and we're sitting down to dinner and Caleb won't sit still or my daughter won't, she's into this phase where she doesn't want to eat anything. Everything's yucky and she's pushing it away. Yeah. If I come to that table calm and chill and, I've, and I'm sort of at peace, mm stuff doesn't bother me but if i'm amped up and i'm tight i'm in their face about it and and exactly like you like the thing isn't the thing the day is just the day the day doesn't care my daughter doesn't she's not deciding that i'm going to throw this food away because dad's had a a rough day or caleb's not going to sit still because dad's been on the phone hollering at people all day that's irrelevant um but you know to, to to go back to your your initial comment around do you see these people every day do you recognize them? Like, man, not only do I recognize them, I feel it because that was me for the overwhelming majority of my life, right? I mean, I'll be yeah. 40 in a couple months. And Welcome. for the first 35 years of my life, I was clueless. Mm. And it's exactly as you said, it's this concept of delayed gratification. I was speaking to someone and, and they sort of were dismissive of some of the work that I was talking about, not in a mean way, but sort of like, eh, that's not for me. Ignorance is bliss. I'm like, well, ignorance is bliss until it's not. It's like someone who loves to eat at McDonald's every day and they're ignorant of their health. That's bliss mm. until you're 43 and have a blowout heart attack and scare the shit out of yourself. And that's this like hyper narrow short term view of the world. And um, yeah, being one of the, I remember one of the guys I was coaching. Uh, I was talking about this sort of mental model paradigm that I've been really obsessed with lately. And when I explained it to him and as, as sometimes happened, he kind of went, Whoa, hmm. and I'm just going to leave that there for you to digest and to feel, cause it's going to change the way you see the world. And a couple of days later, I got a text from him going, I hate you. <laughs> you know, I can't see anything the same way anymore. I hate you like in a playful way because it is scary, man. It's scary. It's, it's sometimes we don't want to turn the light on because we don't want to see what's out there. And, um, but you have to face it because it it is this delayed gratification thing is just like eating fruits and vegetables and good meats and going to the gym may not always be fun, but the byproduct is a healthy body that allows you to live hopefully a long and healthy life and be with your family and everything doing the work now might be deeply uncomfortable will be deeply uncomfortable there's days you're going to want to close your eyes again but you can't but it allows you to show up more fully in your world and what's really cool is when you kind of hit this critical mass of this is the way i show up in the world this is how i now see it at first it sucks because you do you see all these people who aren't there and if you're anything like me, at first you'll be deeply judgmental. I see it. How do you not see it, right? They're just not there yet. But once you get 
to this point where you kind of you can deeply empathize with where everyone is at their journey no matter where they are whether they're at the very beginning or whether they're ahead of you you can deeply empathize with where they are you just start to kind of show up in the world in a different way and you know you can again you're not perfect but you can start to your intuition starts to kick in you start to recognize when someone's off their game you start to realize that maybe this person that i work with who's having a shitty day just needs a phone call to ask how they're doing or a quick email or something simple like you just you step into this world very differently and i equate it to like it's this athlete who's maybe going from couch to what do they call it like couch to 10k or whatever mm. once you get fit you show up in the world differently and when you get your head right you actually start to interact with the world in a very different way and what you really start to see is just pure optimism pure excitement and pure opportunities to help that doesn't mean that you don't still see dumb shit happening um not even going to mention that debate that apparently our american friends had this week what but like <laughs> that wasn't a debate apparently it was a screaming match but what it was. when you you still see shenanigans but then you start to see it in the context of where people are in this journey you stop judging them. And then if you're anything like me, I just start going, how can I help? How can I, how can I move these people along? Or sometimes you got to wait for they're ready to be on their journey, but yeah, you, you do come into the world in a very different way. And um, I hate to use the matrix analogy because it's been overused to death, but it's kind of true. It's like, once you see it, and if you're not there and you see these people who are unbelievably optimistic, who are just like, loving life it's like they're high on it yeah. i remember when i was at the beginning of my journey i was like what the heck kind of peyote are these guys on <laughs> but i get it now i get it now and you know a really interesting example is is and i did a little video on this because it's fun is in the morning i run by tim hortons our local coffee shop and i just we're all doing drive-throughs and contactless stuff and um i use the mobile app because you get points and everything so every every morning whether it's me or with all my kids, I run up to this, I pull up to this um, uh, drive-through window, the little speaker thing, and you hear the garbled good morning, and they're always like, hello, what do you want? And every morning I lean in and I'm like, good morning, how are you? And they're like, oh, uh, I'm good. I mean, I'm fantastic, you know? And well, and we always just have this like, so at first it was like, yeah, I I'm good, what do you want? Now when I roll up, I go, good morning. And they all go, oh, Joshua, how are you, buddy? How is things? And they just light up and they tell me through the mic, like, you're the only one who talks to us like this. When I roll to the window to get my coffee for my wife and myself, they all come to the window and say, good morning, how are you? And I get free stuff, I probably shouldn't. And then they see my kids in the back and they wave and you just interact with the world so differently mm. because all it took was just seeing that this person is working at a drive through coffee shop early in the morning, probably not getting a lot of love. When you just step into that world, it just pulls everyone up. And that is infectious as hell, bro. Ah. And then your kids obviously see that as well, right? They love it. They love it. They get up there and every morning they want to show whatever toy they've got. <laughs> I always bring my little tray because I want to reuse the tray. I don't want to get a new tray every time. So now my daughter hands the tray out through the window and we just have fun with it. But it's, mm. it's what I say to my kids. I'm like, dude, 
we might be the only person all day. I mean, it's a bit presumptuous, but we might be the only person all day that asks that person genuinely how they're doing when they're sitting on this mic, talking through a window. Could you imagine the impact you can have on someone? And that's when my kids are walking around. They know everybody at school. They know the janitors. They know the principals, maybe not always for the right reasons. Yeah. They know everybody. <laughs> and because they're just curious to meet people, we go on a, it's like we walk for a half a block and it takes us an hour because they stop and talk to everybody and ask how they're doing. My daughter's into this complimenting phase. I love your shoes. I love your hat. It's fantastic. And they're just living and loving. And I don't know, man, like I get so hyped up on it because we've stepped in. So I've moved past that scary phase. And, and now it's just pure optimism. It's like the athlete gets to go to the gym mm. as opposed to the yeah. guy who's trying to get off the couch. Mm. And that's sort of been my mantra. I saw it. I think it was an Under Armour ad or something that just said, we get to do this. And every morning when that alarm goes up a little earlier than I'd like, I just sort of say to myself, I get to do this. Yeah. I get to get up and work out and meditate. I get like it's Saturday morning here at five 30. I get yeah. to jump on a podcast with my buddy all the way around the world and get excited about stuff that 98% of the world doesn't care about. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's totally kind of, as you were speaking earlier about the, or we were speaking about the instant gratification. Isn't it funny that we kind of want instant gratification for the things we get, but we don't treat ourselves the same way. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we, we're not like that with ourselves. We should be like that with ourselves. Like, I want to do that thing now. I want to make sure that I take care of this thing now. I want to make sure that I enjoy the time with my kids now. I want to step up now. I want to do 75 hard. Not tomorrow. I want to start today. I want to get up now. When that, when that alarm goes off, I want to get up immediately. I don't want to delay the day because I expect that for myself. But it's kind of like we have this unfortunate thing where, where people get into the thing of that they want to get immediately where we should be wanting to give immediately and get after it immediately. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we'll delay our kids and go tomorrow. I'll do it all. You know, I'm working right now and I'll spend the time. I'll kick the ball with you later. Later never comes. I'll, I'll, I'll get off the couch and I'll take care of myself later. I'll get up in about an hour's time and start writing on my book. And that's the thing that's just this kind of dichotomy. This like two sides of the same coin is if you could apply that immediate gratification that we want from Amazon and from our McDonald's when we get McDonald's, not that I get McDonald's anymore, but if we could apply that to ourselves and start being more fast um, and, and less tolerant with ourselves, delaying everything and more tolerant with delaying things that we get and delaying things from the world, I think we'd much more have that approach that you have because when you start getting after things on your own and on yourself and and stop focusing on other people and what you get from them or them even stepping up. Because for me, I used to look at a lot of other people and find myself thinking about how to help other people or thinking how to change other people or thinking about how other people were doing wrong. Even in the men's group that we were with in together at one stage, I used to think about other people in the group and go, oh, what about this, this, and this? And then I went, oh my heck, like, why are you waiting for everybody else to step up in the way that you want? Why don't you shut up, <laughs> own up, and step up and start like working on yourself and stop accepting your bullshit and accepting your excuses. And so that's what we mean. It isn't about you because it's not about us and how you go to Tim Hortons or whatever you call it. I think I've got it right. And show up there and make other people's lives great. We want to make our lives great. And so that's two sides of the me. The one, the one focus is how, what am I giving to others and focusing on getting like doing 75 hard, Josh, like you 
being able to step up physically for your family and be there and, and, and feel great because naturally when you are working out and you have, and you are fit physically, you feel great. So you're able to pay that forward or work and in, um, in meditating and reading books and edifying yourself and really becoming that person that is a little bit more peaceful. So that's the kind of funny thing is like stepping up and, and, um, We've said it before, right? We've said it before, like doing the work on ourselves and being selfishly unselfish in that we work on ourselves, but then stopping this, expecting the world to show up for us in the way that we want it. It's not a, it's not a coffee we can order. You know, you can't order life in the morning and go, well, I'd like this, 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 and this happened today, but I can order what I'm going to do today, right? I can go, this is what I'm going to do now, what I'm going to do later, how I'm going to show up, how I'm going to go to the coffee place, how I'm going to tip the waitress, how I'm going to smile at this person, how I'm going to smile at my kids and to switch that around and stop going, what can I get to what can I give? I think it's a major, a major change. And I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards it still far from it, but that outward focus to other people by focusing inward and, and working on myself and getting rid of all those bad habits and bad attitudes is just such a game changer for myself. And then it naturally pays forward to my children. Yeah. I mean, I think I spent a lot of probably a little bit too much time thinking about this because it's been in the work that I'm doing is I, I think most of our challenges that we face or that we create for ourselves can be remedied with a change in perspective. And just like I was talking about with meditation, where a lot of people think the goal is to have a silenced mind. Well, no, the goal is actually the process, right? The goal is the awareness. And, you know, I've got my journal right here and I've got all my sort of my goals. And I think goals and objectives are important. But I think we get to, what is that military term they call it? like target fixation, right? Jocko talks about this, like you've got a target, you've got an objective and you're so fixated on it that you're not thinking about anything else. For me, instead of the goal being where my focus is, I'm really trying to have the process sort of be the goal, right? Like it's not about having abs it's about introducing fitness into my day every day and if i can start to kind of see the value in the process and then i can start to kind of like the process i can actually move towards actually really enjoying the process and then because if you tell someone delay gratification it sort of implies that the process is gonna suck mm. but someday maybe you'll get the benefit of it. And that may be true, but that's a tough headspace to get around. So instead of that, I'm trying to think of it as like, like I just said, I get to do this, is learning to love and see the value in the process itself. Mm. So that shift from, I'm going to endure this stuff so that one day I get the result, yeah. as opposed to, Every day I'm going to get to do something that moves me along this path and man is in this path grade. Mm. And, and that's that little pivot is trying to see the love and trying to see the joy in all the little things. And I've really, I've always journaled, but I've not, I've just sort of like dumped my mind and I'm really trying to be a little bit more tactical about how I'm journaling, particularly with rigidity, including an after action every day. Um, and I've loved it because it's like, what are things that happened today that I absolutely adored? What are the, what are the things that I got to do today that someone halfway around the world may not get to do? How blessed should I be for all those little things? 
because then that day-to-day is less about delaying the gratification it's living in the gratification it's the it's the 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 love and the gratification of each individual tasks just sort of is like compound interest and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing so it's not sort of like if you put a buck in the bank every day you're sacrificing that dollar so one day you can buy the thing you want the joy is seeing the dollar see the two see it compounding seeing it growing and again so i'm just trying to shift my perspective away from I have to get through this hard work to get eventually what I want. And just that, that shift into the now has been really helpful for me. Um, and I think a lot of people would benefit from that because you know, the world, especially if you're on Instagram and stuff. And as I said, goal setting is important, but that's why when we talked a long time ago about my approach to visions, it's not really about goals. It's not about tangible things. It's not about important milestones. It's about feelings and emotions and how I'm presenting myself and stepping into the world. If I can tap into that, I can enjoy that right now. Mm. You know, if, you, if your goal is to hit a certain income level or if your goal is to have a car or a house or whatever, or be debt free, those are worthy things. But if your happiness is hitched to that outcome, well, it's really hard to enjoy the process because you're necessarily telling yourself this is going to suck until it's awesome. Well, what if you don't get it? That's going to suck. Yeah. But if you can actually go like, man, every little step that moves me closer to this end result is super sweet and I can enjoy that and love that. Then you're just kind of living in bliss sort of every day. I mean, that's utopian every day does isn't amazing, but if you can work towards that, that's what's been working for me is like 75 hard wasn't about this massive sacrifice. So that on day, every, everyone was asking me, what's day 76 going to look like? I'm like, I don't know. I'm on day 32 and I'm loving it, you know? And, and so that's where I'm trying to just sort of be, you know, it's all the same formula, man. It's awareness and presence and just trying to recognize how grateful that I am for getting this opportunity to do this because most people on this planet don't have that. If anyone's been in listening for a long time to the podcast over the last week, should I say they would see that it's being echoed by quite a few people, what you and I are discussing now, and maybe just elaborated on a little bit more like you. And it's, it's, it's obviously hitting a nerve with a lot of dads and a lot of guys, whether they be successful guys. So I've interviewed some really successful guys over the last few podcasts, like some of my heroes growing up. And it's the same thing, you know, whether it's surfing, mountain biking, 75 hard and, and getting in shape or buying that car or buying that house or having your kids go to college. It's all about that same, how are we doing things? You know, it's not the what, the what is, the what is, is less important than the how, right? Because whatever your goal is, it might be different to mine and how we do it is important because the enjoyment is what it's about, right? Like I want to live a life that I enjoy. I want my kids to live a life that I enjoy. I want to enjoy the process. I, I like with fitness, I'm just lucky. Even though I'm, either I'm fortunate or it's just been something that's been ingrained in me that I just love getting out in the morning, in the dark, in the rain, and the colder the better. I don't know, maybe I'm a psycho, but the colder it better and putting a headlamp on going running in the forest like and, 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 and suffering. I don't know. I just, I just love that thing. And then it's never really hard to do it. The only thing that I didn't like is that I got arthritis and couldn't do it anymore. And then you start realizing, man, I love the process. It's not really, yes, I want to be in shape and I want to be fit for a long time. But the reason why I can do it is I love to get on my bike early in the morning when the family's sleeping and I go up there and I love to 
work out there, even though it sucks because I've fallen in love with the process, right? I've fallen in love with like just getting up and being a man and doing that. And that's where I, I and I want to ask you where you get your little, your power from, because I do sometimes get it from Bushido Spartans, the warrior ethos from Stephen Pressfield. I love to identify myself as a machine, as a beast, as a warrior. And I feel that sometimes a little bit in us as men, and you can disagree with me, you're Canadian, it's fine. Um, but um, do you know what I mean? It's like, I love to draw on that. I love to draw on the ancient civilizations and ancient warriors that just suffered and, and went through their gogi at the age of nine and got like, you know, you read those books of like Gates of Fire and you're just like, okay, my life's pretty easy. Me getting up in the morning isn't such a sacrifice. And so drawing on that and, and finding that like ruggedness within, because I think we are soft and I think we have become very softened by society and very easily, like you say, very easy to see the process as such a slog. Like when I think 75 hard, and I know it's 75 hard, but apart from my kids and my time constraints, I don't find 75 hard that hard at all because I basically do it without doing 75 hard. I don't do the two workouts, but I'll, I'll go running and then I'll work out straight afterwards. So an hour, and I could do that every day. If I didn't have to worry about the time for school, drinking in the water, it's pretty, pretty easy. I'm reading books. I read books every day. I like read for an hour every day. Um, what's the other one? Uh, I don't want to take a photo in the freaking mirror. That's the only thing that I probably don't, don't like so much. But, well, um, you don't have to post that, right? That's the cool. Because at first, that was my biggest ah, thing. I was like, I'm, not, I'm not putting myself out there. So I took the picture, but it was more about the process. Right. Ironically, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And it, it, it's interesting for me. The only thing that, the thing that I thought was going to be the easiest turned out to be the trickiest, which was no drinking. I'm not a drinker. Oh, I'm not I, a big I, drinker. Okay. Um, I, I'm not, but what I realized is that if I'm if I'm up late working away on something, I'd like to sip on a bourbon or I'd like yeah. to enjoy a glass of red wine with my wife if we're out for dinner. It, that was the tricky one for me. That was the hardest for me was, you know, because I, I talked about this. It was like when I went through the 75 hard, Literally the next day was my son's birthday and my brothers and my dad and the whole family were coming for a barbecue in the summer Good timing, bro. and they brought the beers and well, because I was going to do it and I thought, okay, well, I'll start Monday cause I'll get through this weekend. Yeah. And, I, and that was exactly the problem is it's always starting next Monday. So I just, exactly. nope, not immediate. Yeah. Well done. So I did, it, it was my son's birthday, my daughter's birthday, my mom's birthday. It was my wife's birthday. It was my anniversary. We went through everything, um, including having this epic meal out of like a, what turned out to be like an oyster and whiskey bar <laughs> sitting at the bar. And this bartender was, oyster. he was a pro. He was a pro, but he kept digging me. He's like, why are you having a drink? And I was explaining that I'm okay. drinking right now. And he, so he'd walk by and leave the bottle of bourbon on the bar as he walk away. Oh, sorry. Did I leave that here? Sorry. And, he he knew exactly how far to push without being nice a dick. Guy. And I, I, I'm convinced that if I'd actually said, oh, to hell with it, give me one, he wouldn't let me. Um, that, so that was the trickiest thing because it kind of disrupted some of my social time. Mm. But that's okay. I wanted part of it to be hard because I got into routine yeah, with my workouts, uh, you know, tracking food, drinking water, reading books, no big deal. Um, it helped me clean up my diet. But again, because I'd made that decision, it wasn't, I never even really felt tempted. Um, but it was those little, but that's kind of life, right? It's the things that we least expect. And I, and I, I've always said when I, when I bring in a new client or when I'm talking to someone for the first time, I always say, tell me what, where you really think you need the most amount of work. And then tell me where you think you're crushing life. And I actually find that a lot of the work they have to do is in those areas where they think they're crushing it because it's usually our blind spots. So for me, 
you know, the, the, the drinking thing was the blind spot. Not that I was like, oh, I need to drink or anything, but it was just like, <laughs> man, that disrupts some of that. That was a little uncomfortable for me. And that was the point. Um, yeah. But I want to go back to your original question. Where do I draw that from? I mean, so my vision, obviously, and, and just kind of the way I want to step into life. But I don't, I don't, um, my vision is actually very similar to yours. What I always look back to are sort of the, the warrior kings of the middle ages and i don't have a specific person i mean i'm i'm hugely connected to marcus aurelius but yeah. but from a philosophical he was perspective different. i mean he was more physically yeah. but physically he wasn't there i mean yeah. he was quite frail and and but i mean i love his philosophy i mean i have his you guys can't see it but i have his book with me everywhere Dude, I go. I've got it the comes same. with it's me funny. with my his meditations always with my, yeah. my, my I, I drag it everywhere um but i always think of this sort of medieval king not from a power and wealth perspective but you know those those huh. men that when they walk into a room people know they're there there's comfort in that um their children look up to them their wives respect them if people have a problem they feel like they can come to that person and talk to them and say what do you think i should do can we talk this out there's just something about that ancient presence and i'm talking about ancient not just because these people existed thousands of years ago but you know those people that are like 50 but you feel like they've lived 20 lifetimes yes so that's where i really draw it from to be honest mm, just like cool. you and even even when i envision the home that i want it's always sort of like a medieval almost roman style villa not fancy and ostentatious but that's but yeah so i do pull from that because mm -hmm. i've read all these stories about these mm -hmm. quiet stoic but really kind and caring yeah. kings hmm. who exist to be strong and and they don't have they almost don't have to think about it you know like i think these guys don't wake up and go okay today i'm going to work out and today i'm going to read no they just do it because their objective is just to be present and to be that available person to help bring everyone else up. And so that's, I do, it's funny, you, you joke about that, but I, I totally pull on that um, because that's how I wish that the world would see me, not as a king, but as someone that is perpetually reliable. Mm. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not, it's not a joke in that sense. I'm just laughing about the Roman, just picturing you in uh, Toronto with like a Roman castle, like or something built there. All of a sudden, they, that Joshua Laycock guy, he's, he's built his palace. He's walking around in his regal robes and his little crown. No, but I, I agree with you. It, it's interesting because I just think that we've moved so far away from that as men. I mean, you talk about the debate. I didn't watch it. I watched like one minute of it and I was just like, how's these guys? I didn't. And these I are the guys that are... These are the guys, the leaders that we look up to. These are the guys on the TV. And it's not just them. It's just men in general. And why I spoke about 75 hard is that it's called 75 hard because so many men are soft. And I'm not meaning soft in, 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 the, in the nurturing kind of um, emotionally available, vulnerable way, because I think that's part of being a man and part of being a dad, especially. But I'm just talking about the inability to take responsibility, take ownership, get up early in the morning, do the basics, take care of like the small things. Because... You know, as I've gone on this journey with you, you know, we, we were on the journey together for a while. We didn't speak for a while, but, but you've been with me. You've, you've been on the podcast a bit. And I really decided to go on, on, on a bit of an adventure in the last year and a half and ready to check myself and ready to grow. And it's just amazing when you do grow. At first, these things are not habits in your life. They are these hard things that you've got to think about really hard. And as you say, these guys, they wake up in the morning. They're not thinking, oh, I've got a journal. I've got to do this. They start doing it. And that's why, for me, 75 hard, 
as I look at it, it isn't that hard anymore. And it's actually quite a cool temperature measure, right? It's like, well, if 75 is super hard, then, then you're not really showing up in life for sure. You need to change. But if you look at 75 hard and go, well, you know what? I, I do that basically every day anyway. That really showed me like, wow, because that shows me, wow, you've moved on to a place where these things are permanently part of your life and they, and they have become habitual. You know, you wake up in the morning, you do your meditation, you do your journal, you you stay fit, you stay healthy. I haven't drank for 60 days. I haven't drank for two months, by the way, without 75 heart. I just quit it two months ago and I'm loving the physical um, benefits of it. I drink non-alcoholic beer to get the taste of beer and I've been sampling a lot. So I found one that tastes like beer. So maybe that's cheating. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and I've quit caffeine as well. And um, these things are not that hard for me to do because of that thing that I've developed over the last while. And I think that. I think the great thing about 75 hard is that it shows people what consistency can do. It's like what little steps every single day can do. And then it's not this big, like I'm going to go out and I'm going to freaking do this amazing thing. And I'm going to go on this 30 day crash course beach abs. No, it's like, you got to, and that's why Andy Frisella did it like that. He didn't want it to be short. He wanted it to be a length of time that really teaches you to be consistent. And when I'm not consistent, it's just a little longer than it's comfortable. Yeah. yeah it's I, just a I little lose. longer than it's comfortable. No. I lose it and I've noticed myself and over the last weeks of something, when I drop my consistency, now I'm easy to work out and I'm easy to do these physical things and I've never shied away from discomfort and stuff. But when it comes to emotional things and not complaining or not gossiping or not being negative at the end of the day or not taking offense at what my wife has said, I've got a lot of work to do in that. And when I start being inconsistent with that, man, it just shows you that you're back to, you're not back to square one, but there you go. You got to try again. And so, that's the thing that I thought 75 hard is great. And these things just shows you what consistency does. And if you keep on making a podcast every week, then you can rock up at a podcast with no notes eventually. And you're not even, you don't have one question. The last podcast I did was Shane Dorian, like my most well-known guy. And I didn't have one question because we only made the podcast on the day, but we got it done. And it's just been something to me to, to, to encourage guys. Don't give up and don't like think that because you haven't done it after a week, a month, even a year, dude, I'm not there after a year. I joined the Iron Council and followed the order of man like at the beginning of last year. I'm still nowhere near. Not, I wouldn't say nowhere near, but definitely far away from the vision and the guy you described as that ancient uh, stoic warrior who wakes up in the morning and is just there for other people and can be relied on and stuff. That's not happened yet, but I'm not giving up. I'm still doing it every single day. And when I fall off the wagon, like you spoke about earlier, that forgiveness, right? That ability to go, this is part of the process, man love the fact that you're just a fallible human being and and the excitement of the excitement of rejigging do you also get excited i always go okay cool it's monday i'm gonna i'm gonna go to my journal i'm gonna i'm gonna start again like even if it's a, even if it's a, like this morning i had to start again i went to my journal and i was like you fucked up bro this is what you've been doing you're emotionally you're emotionally unstable because of a b and c what's wrong analyze break down and then now i'm like okay work to do yeah, because the mission is recognizing it and fixing. The, mi the mission is not screwing up because that's not possible. The mission is recognizing and correcting. And, you know, that the power of the consistency, I mean, the, the 75 hard thing is, it's not a physical challenge, as Andy says, but I'll tell you, and I haven't put it out there, one, because it's kind of embarrassing, but also it's just not what I'm, I'm about. But like my day one versus my day 75, I've always... Ironically, I've always really struggled with the physical stuff. I've always been a heavy kid, um, heavy dude, um, always trying to fight with my weight. Food has been my sort of bugaboo. Um, but I can tell you, 
the, the day one versus day 75 is insane. I have never experienced such a phenomenal physical transformation. Um, and, you know, that's just, and, and I'll be honest with you, because, so one of the reasons why I did 75 hard was because my back went out really badly. And I thought, man, my back's going out and COVID, I can't go to the gym, can't do anything. This could get bad, you know, like, I could, I could pack on a bunch of weight and I could really, this could really go pear shape. Cause even my chiropractor who always put me back together <laughs> was closed. Well, he was closed because, because of COVID. So that was one of the reasons why. So my, my workouts for most of 75 hard, to be honest, were two brisk walks for 45 minutes every day. But it's big, man. That's all I, big. That was, it's all I could muster, but just tightening up my diet just going for two 45 minute walks. I mean, hell, my dog's in better shape than he's ever been. Um, you know, I'll call that's big one. Big. Not, not for me, honestly. Like I, I would go weeks at a time without a drink. It's never really been my thing. I've never, I don't like the taste of beer to be completely honest with you. So that's not my thing. Uh, so you weren't the drinking booze, that solidly. Okay. So. Never. I've never done that in my life. It's just never been my thing, okay. but you give me a bag of chips, <laughs> you know, that's my thing. But, um, chips. But, but I didn't make any drastic changes. I just made little incremental changes applied consistently over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not to go, not to make this about an Andy thing, but Andy's next thing is, is like, great. Talk to me after a day, a thousand, right? That's his, he's been talking about that lately is like, you want to, you want to amp your business. You want to really change your life. Like 75 hard is kind of like a good kickstart. Talk to me after a day, a thousand. And then we'll see. And that's just it. It's like, I went, I went through with a bunch of guys, a bunch of us have gone through the 75 hard roughly at the same time. And to a man, every single one of them is like, I'm not going back. Yeah. Why like, would you? I'll, in, I'll enjoy Like I'll enjoy a whiskey every now and then. Or I had a glass of wine with dinner, but, but beyond that, I'm still working out. Uh, you know, I'm not doing two 45s a day. That was a lot of time, but I'm still yeah. getting a good workout in. Um, I'm still tracking my food. I, I read all the time. But I've still, so what I've done is I've actually ended up um, in my journal, I've created a, it's kind of like a, a modified 75 hard where it's, it's, here's my non-negotiables. It's, 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 I think Andy does like his power list, right? And, and so anyway, every day I have my list and some of them I stole. I want to make sure that I do have my at least minimum 10 pages every day. I want to make sure that I'm reading or drinking is not enough water. Um, ironically for me, if I'm struggling to drink the water, it's because I'm having too much coffee. <laughs> so that's, I'm not really ready to give up my coffee yet. Um, I don't know that there's I can Decaf, that, bro. There's good decaf out there. I found good. I, I, I'm sure there is. I, uh, maybe I'll look into that. I thought but so too. I've but created then I... my, yeah, I, I've created my daily stuff. You know, I've got my, my meditating every day. I've got, I've got a back routine. There's a, a program online that puts my back back together every time. So nice. I'm like, I'm going to do this every single day. Yeah. And I've just got my list and I just, but you're right. I don't even think about it anymore. So when I sit down at the end of the day and I do my after action and I also have my boxes because I physically want to take them, I, I don't even have to kind of eyeball them during the day. It's just, this is my daily routine. This is what I do. And, and 98% of the time I'm able to bing, 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 done. And uh, I feel good. So it's just, it's just intentionality. I hate, I wish that there was something sexier or something that was a little bit more punchy, but it's not, it's just Mm-mm. showing up, no, doing no. the work, the hardest, 
so I'll, I'll pivot. It's the, mm. the booze wasn't the hardest thing. That was surprisingly tricky. The hardest thing for me, and I never, I've heard this from other people. And I never really felt it was sort of the monotony of it was the, the boredom of it. You know, I think this may sound weird, but 75 hard may have been easier if it had been harder because it would have felt like I was yeah. like <laughs> crashing every day. Exactly. But it was like tick, tick. That's what I'm tick. talking about. Exactly. So by day like 70, 72, I was kind of like, oh, I'm so done with ticking the boxes because I'm just doing this every day. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of bored. And, you know, and, and most successful people that we've spoken to will tell you, it's about doing the little things consistently over time. It's the compound interest of the work and that's boring as yeah. hell. And so, you know, while the booze was a surprisingly challenging thing, you know, it's kind of joking or fun stories aside, the actual hardest thing was dealing with the monotony of just day in, day out, getting it done. But exactly, because it links to the whole gratification, right? It's not gratifying kind of thing to do boring stuff is not gratifying in the moment. It's only gratifying in the long term when you see, wow, look at my life, how it's changed. And that's why it's cool to review your life and to take milestones from how you were a year and a half ago in a year and to see where you've, you've come to as far as different parts of your life. But it all kind of has to feed back into the whole picture, right, of the family life, of showing up as a dad, of, of who we are and, and becoming happier and more content. And, and, and that's been the thing for me is that you've done the work, I've done the work, and it takes individual work. You can't follow Tony Robbins and Gary Vee and, and Ryan Mickler and this guy and this guy and, and think you're just going to have it immediately. You've got to, like, test it out yourself. You've got to do the work yourself. You've got to go and see, okay, I've done 75 hard. Did it work for me? What didn't work for me? And that's what's been tough for me. It's been tough for me to do stuff and then realizing, okay, that doesn't work and then have to tweak stuff. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's such a process of going, I'm individual. I'm Tom. I'm not Joshua Laycock. I'm not you. I have to find out what works for me because my whole biorhythms, my body's type, my blood type, my kids, my family life, my job all feed into this life that I am then responsible for. And then because I have the kids, obviously the four kids and my wife and then other people that rely on me, I've got to find what works and what leaves me at the end of the day being able to tick off the biggest thing, which is did I show up for my kids and my family? And if I can tick that well, off and go, well, I've done that. And that's why I encourage guys to do stuff, do it consistently, but then reflect on it and think, is this the best for me? Yes, my body might look freaking amazing, but what else is suffering because of it? And, and I know people talk about balance and there's a whole arguments about work-life balance, but I really do think it's a bit of a, not a balancing act because you can never get it perfect, but you definitely got to keep every part of your life. As Matthew McConaughey said, there's five things. I can't remember what they were. You've got to keep, keep your career, your kids, your friends, um, and your hobbies and these things, you've got to keep them all in mind because you don't want to let one ball drop, right? Well, I'm trying to, my, my plan is actually not about balance, but about integration. You know, so I was very vocal about 75 hard with, with my family, not in terms of like, look how awesome I am, but just sharing that journey with them. And I'll tell you, it was a couple of really cool milestones for me. <laughs> there was one morning I was... I was down doing my thing and I heard like this like clump and clumping upstairs in my son's room. I just heard like this weird rhythm of bouncing and crashing. And I thought, Oh God, what is he into now? <laughs> and I went upstairs and he's doing his calisthenics. He's doing jumping jacks mm -hmm. and push-ups and sit-ups and he's getting it done. And he's like, he, he walked in and he's like, check. And I love that. And then there was another day where he was walking around with his book and his bottle of water. And he's like, I'm doing 75 hard too, dad. I was like, okay. 
And I mean, he didn't do it, but he, he, he integrates that into his day every day. And I remember one day I, was, I had a, a, a power bar because um, I'd set the rules, but what I couldn't and couldn't eat ahead of time so that I didn't kind of go, well, is that cheating? You know, so I had these yeah, power bars. Yeah, exactly. And he stopped me in the hall. And he goes, what are you eating? I said, it's a power bar, bro. He's like, okay, because 75 hard, you can't have chocolate bars. <laughs> but how cool is that to have my six-year-old be my accountability partner because he's on side with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's got his power list. We made his power list that he's trying to do every day. It's get up, make your bed, get some exercise, eat some fruits and veggies. Um, read a book because his reading is through the roof. And then, of course, yeah. he had to make it his own. So he had to practice the aim with his Nerf gun. That's one of his things every day. He wants to practice his Nerf gun. But, you know, that's the piece. And this is what I'm talking about is when, when that person, that king, that, that man, that woman, whatever, when you walk into that room, I want my kids to be like, that's my dad. You know, I want them to just not want to be me. I don't want that. But I want them to take the best of me and integrate that into their own lives mm -hmm. so that they then have the courage to step into their lives. And when they step into a room, people to go, oh, that's Caleb, that's Ivy, that's pretty cool. That's, it's this kind of, I, I don't think we can use the word infection anymore. That's the wrong word, it's not infectious, but it's, it's this integration of everything. It's, yeah. it's this integration. And that's what I want is, because I'm not just doing it for me. I am doing a huge amount of it for me, but it, because it integrates and it allows us all to exactly, come together. Yeah. And that's, mm. it's that's not important. about work life balance. It's about whole life integration. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I love that, man. And I think it's, it's important to, to realize that we are unique. And I think it's important to realize that we're not going to be the other guy, right? We can have these visions of being a certain type of person, but at the end of the day, we all look different. We all, you know, sound different. We all come from different places. And I think, it's very easy to go on Instagram and in our little world that we move in, it is, it's, it's, it's very easy to look at other guys, right? And to want to be that stature. And I think that the power comes because you've seen people that are big and strong, but are so insecure. And you've seen small little guys that are like tweedly and just have the self-confidence and just get off the life. And I think that's what I've been trying to work on is this thing I've been calling it ease. At the end of every journal entry, I just write a life of ease. And it doesn't mean a life of ease that I want to take things easy. It just means, remember that kid at school that just could move through life easily? It's just like they didn't, things didn't ruffle their feathers. They were the guy that just walked through the hallway. And, you know, if they even got into a fight with someone, it was like a fight and they, they stood at their ground and then they dusted off and they walked off or they had a girlfriend and they broke up. It's just this life of ease where you're at ease with, and I'm not talking about ease with life. It's an ease with yourself. It's like walking into a room and going, you know what? I've done what I can do. I have worked my butt off to be the best that I can be. I've taken care of A, B, and C. And you know, if I didn't completely, so what? But you know what? I'm at ease with Tom Kingwell. I'm happy being me. I don't need affirmation from you or you or you. I need affirmation from myself only. And that I walk into a room, as you say, and then my kids look at me like that. And if we can be that man that I walks into a room and our children go, that's my dad. And I'm not talking about my eight-year-old child. I'm talking about a 25-year-old son going, that's my Damn. dad. Yeah. Then, then we've made it. Then, then, then that's success for me. And I think that being at ease like that and living a life of ease again. And, and there's been times in my life when I've had that, that swagger. And it's not an arrogant swagger. There's been times when I've just been so content in where I'm at. And so I know that little that flavor and that smell of that moment. That I want to pervade more because that's when it's less about me and how I feel. 
And it's more about me being that positive energy in, first of all, my family's life. And I say that, guys who are listening to this, first at home. <laughs> you win at home first. You don't go freaking play games out there and win outside and come home and be a loser. You win at home first. And then after that, you go out into the world and you make your winning and you take everybody else on the ride. And that's going to solve, if more of us do it, Josh, isn't that going to sol solve more of the issues that we see in America with inequality and all these things that people are going to try and solve with a whole bunch of other stuff? And in the political situation and in, even in a virus situation, it's just dads and more men and women stepping up and just being that light and being those lighthouses and stepping up and going, you know what? I'm here to help you. I'm here to, to pay it forward to make your day better. And, and that's the way that we make, I think we make change. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, you know, be political and, and uh, or politically correct. I mean, those, those issues exist here in Canada as well. We're not as loud I, and as well publicized. But that, that stuff still exists here 100%, man. And you, you touched on it. And I think you, you might like this analogy that, I, I mean, I'm pulling from zero experience because I've never, I've never done this. But I equate it to thrashing about and treading water in life versus surfing. Yeah. Riding the wave. I've never surfed. I want so desperately oh, to learn dude, how to I surf. I'm dying to go surfing again. But I know enough to know that it's harder than it looks. Right? And that's... So that's what I mean. Like, and I think maybe this is what you're getting at with this moving through life with ease instead of fighting the waves, instead of having to duck under them and treading water and hoping you keep your head above of the water and just surviving. If you can equip yourself with the skills necessary to surf that wave, you can be at peace. You still got to be fit. You still got to be connected to the wave. You still have to understand the energy of the ocean. You got to do all those things. But I think when you, there's got to be nothing better than when you get up on that wave and you're riding it, you're king of the world, right? And that's kind of what I'm working through is like, instead of fighting everything, instead of always <laughs> wishing things were different yeah. and, and angry at the water for being wet, you just go, what do I need to do? so that I can get up and just ride this bad boy. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to do is just literally ride the waves through life. Um, one of these days we're going to have to go surfing so I can actually not talk out of my ass about that. Yeah, yeah. But that's that from <laughs> people that I've heard that have, have surfed. I mean, I was a snowboarder, right? So it's kind of the same thing when you just lay yeah. back. I, I still have this one moment where I was, I was snowboarding out West. I was on this back bowl and there was like knee deep powder. And I just leaned back and I was just carving beautifully i had this i had an epic track on my it was perfect moment i had um ever long by foo fighters this oh bro that's one of my favorite workout songs bro. Oh, the, but it was i you know it's this yeah. moment it was the most blissed out moment i've ever been in and that's kind of what i go to in terms of how i want to move through life so i totally get it and i totally agree with you i think we're so in conflict with everything we wish everything was different we wish that we had done this we wish that we hadn't done that we wish this person would be something different i wish my boss would respect me i wish i had more money like fuck we're just banging our head against every wall in the house hmm. instead of just kind of going i get to do this what do i need to do it a little bit more effectively what do i need to help the people around me get up on this wave let's just ride this bro hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can I can riff off that as we close up here because I got to go make some chickens, bro. Put some chickens out there. I better go. My son's looking through the window at me now. 
But exactly that. And the thing that I was writing, that's so funny, bro. You really are in sync. This morning I was writing about battles and how we battle so many different things in our life. But the biggest battle, and I mean battle or is, is our family. And I don't mean battle in the sense of like we're battling, but that's our biggest call. That's our biggest mission. And when you're flapping around and like you say, getting washed around by the water and fighting everything, then the big wave comes and you're so out of breath and you're so like tired that the big wave comes. You try to paddle into that and you either get totally wiped out or you ride the wave like uselessly or you don't catch the wave at all. And our family is the wave. Our family is that wave. It's the most important thing. It's the thing that we should be putting our energy into. It's the thing that we should be enjoying. It's the thing that we should be paddling into with all our might. But we keep paddling here and paddling there and fighting this little whitewash instead of going, oh my God, and I don't want myself to miss this. And this is what I've been really focusing is I want to love being a dad. I want to love it and I want to ride that wave of being fatherhood. So Josh, here comes my son. Are you coming to fetch me for making chicken or what? No, what for? Well, uh, anyways, cool to talk to you again, bro. Let's hook up again. That was great. Yeah, man, I'm up at this time every day. So let's make sure that we do this from time to time. I think my kids are starting to stir as well. So this is a perfect time to call today. But um, I appreciate you, man. I'm really proud of, of what you've, uh, how you've built this podcast. It's been incredible to watch. I'm super humbled that you, uh, you've asked me to come back. And, and um, it's amazing. So let's just keep doing that. But keep spreading that message, bro. Cool, dude. Awesome. So that wraps up my conversation with Joshua. Hope you guys got something out of that that you can action in your lives immediately. Want to say thanks again for spreading the word of Dad Strong and for growing this podcast along with me. Really appreciate it and really stoked that this is getting out there into the world. So important for dads around the world to step up and own up and show up in their roles as fathers, husbands, and in men in general. I think that'll make a massive difference. So guys, keep working on that strong body, strong mind, and strong character so you can love your families more actively, lead more effectively, and leave that legacy. So until next time, stay dad strong.